0: Today is Friday, March 24th, and you're listening to The Morning Announcements presented by Fetches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and The Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. Yesterday's main event was the six-hour congressional testimony of TikTok CEO Shu Chu before the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Lawmakers questioned Chu on an array of topics, including TikTok's moderation practices, how they store and secure data of U.S. users, alleged spying on journalists, and human rights abuses by the Chinese government. The general impression of Chu's testimony was that it was not particularly reassuring on the question of TikTok as a legitimate national security threat, though it's still not clear what the U.S. government intends to do about the app, if anything. Right now, the company claims approximately 150 million Americans as users, which is close to half the country. And the concerns around TikTok are notably bipartisan. Because of course, the one patch of common ground for our geriatric government is that kids should get off their phones. It's been three days since Tuesday, and though no former presidents have been arrested, House Republicans are already seeking pre-revenge on Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg for his anticipated indictment of Donald Trump. House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan continues to pursue his promise to investigate Bragg, and he is expanding his efforts by sending new letters to two former prosecutors who had worked in the Manhattan DA's office under the former DA Cy Vance. Those two people, however, had resigned in protest after Bragg came into office because he had originally suspended this probe into Trump before later reviving it. So basically, Republicans in Congress want to hear from two people who resigned specifically because Bragg wasn't going to indict Trump, even though they're now mad that he is going to indict Trump, or so he says. Jordan requests that the two former prosecutors sit for transcribed interviews and turn over documents related to the investigation by Monday, March 27th. I should add that the Manhattan grand jury won't even be reconvening to even consider an indictment until March 27th at the very earliest. Can we all just take a second to imagine if anyone had brought this precog energy to investigating, I don't know, January 6th? For his part, Manhattan DA Bragg has emphatically rebuffed the demands by Jim Jordan and his colleagues, calling it an unprecedented inquiry into a pending local prosecution and adding that it was Trump who created the false expectation of an arrest, and his lawyers who reportedly urged House Republicans to intervene. The letter said that they will not provide documents for Congress to review, which Jordan requested under the guise that they need to review them for the use of public safety funds. However, out of respect for Congress, Bragg's office will submit a letter describing their use of federal funds. I assume it will kick off with something like, Sam, the first night of bed when you left, Ron made out with two girls and put his head between a cocktail waitress's breasts. Total change of topic, the Anti-Defamation League's annual audit found that anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. jumped to a record level in 2022, up 36% from 2021. This amounted to just under 3,700 anti-Semitic incidents, with acts of vandalism increasing by 51% and harassment by 29%. Just over half of all incidents occurred in five states. New York, California, New Jersey, Florida, and Texas. AKA where all the Jews are. Next, they should run a correlation analysis between anti-Semitic incidents and followers of Kanye West. After an action-packed week, Florida is on the bench for today's segment on regressive state laws, but Arkansas and Georgia have proven to be worthy alternates. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a law yesterday that will prohibit transgender people in public schools from using the bathroom that matches their gender identity. And instead, they will only be permitted to use the bathroom that matches the gender on their birth certificate. The law will take effect this summer. I assume they need a few months to hire enough state-approved bathroom bouncers to check students' birth certificates at the door. Over in Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp signed a bill that would ban most gender-affirming surgeries and hormone replacement therapy for transgender people under age 18. Kemp forwent the usual celebratory public bill signing ceremony and instead signed the new law in private. Wow, Brian, infringing on people's right to privacy while you yourself are in private? If I didn't know this was a harmful hate campaign, it could be considered performance art. I'm a believer in doing the good news last. So for our final regressive state story, a judge in Wyoming has temporarily blocked the state's new abortion ban that came into effect last weekend. Judge Melissa Owens wrote that she plans to consider both Wyoming's total abortion ban and its new ban on abortion pills at a preliminary hearing to potentially suspend both laws until the full lawsuit at the heart of this case can be heard. In addition to being the first state to ban abortion pills, Wyoming restricts abortion from conception, except in cases of rape or incest, or to save the life of a pregnant person, which we all know means after many billable hours concerning legal liability while the pregnant person lives with potentially deadly sepsis for a few days. No biggie. For our final story this week, the FTC has proposed a new rule called the click-to-cancel provision, which would make it easier for people to cancel subscriptions. As part of the announcement, the FTC said that they receive thousands of complaints a year from consumers who are forced to pay recurring charges from businesses that make it difficult to cancel or for subscriptions that they didn't even realize they had signed up for in the first place. The new policy would require that businesses make it as easy to cancel any subscription service as it is to sign up, using the same method and number of steps, as well as provide consumers with a reminder before an annual subscription is about to be renewed. As a penalty, any company that violates the rule will be subject to a fine of $50,000 per violation per day. I will of course keep you updated when and if this goes into effect, and save you that humiliating first trip to the gym in six months to tell them you want to cancel. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. If you're looking for more entertaining news commentary this weekend, tune into yesterday's Betches Sub podcast, where I made an appearance with our host to discuss more about the TikTok hearing, Florida's expansion of Don't Say Gay, and Gwyneth Paltrow's skiing lawsuit. Until next week, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.